You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and on today's show, on location, we're going to be joined by John Kegley, one of the original members of the show. And today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Just go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, one word, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Before we get started, we are three writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog. We've been covering the Chargers now for over five seasons doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live, which airs weekly. And now this is our third season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Welcome in to all of our new listeners. We appreciate you guys checking out the show. The Chargers are coming off of a really tough weekend. Thanks to you guys all for coming back here today. And once again, the Chargers lose. This time, the Tua versus Herbert game ends up going in the favor of Tua, but the Chargers got absolutely dominated on Sunday, and we're going to start the show just by talking about how the second week in a row, the Chargers special teams play a huge factor in the Chargers losing a game. And we'll also talk about Justin Herbert with really his first bad start of the season. But then we're going to get into the first half going into the second segment. We'll be getting into how the Chargers got off to a really slow start, basically getting out to a disastrous start, and then somehow keeping the game close in the first half and then the second half. We'll talk about the offense getting going early and then really just falling apart. Justin Herbert throws a bad interception. The Chargers can't get on the same page till way late in the game, and they had a couple of crucial plays down the stretch. Couldn't get off the field on the third down. Ended up you know, getting a touchdown one play too late. That made a big difference at the end with the clock, so we'll get into all of that. But let's go ahead and get into it. The Los Angeles Chargers were thoroughly dominated by the Dolphins 29-21 to on Sunday, and for the second week in a row, special teams played a big factor in why the Chargers lost. This is Daniel Wade, joined by David Drogemeyer with your Locked on Chargers lead story. The Chargers lost 29-21 to against the Miami Dolphins in Miami on Sunday, in a game that wasn't as close as the final score would suggest. And once again, the main thing that I took away from this game is that the Chargers' special teams are an absolute nightmare, and it started... Very early on in the game where the special teams ended up costing the Chargers points once again on the first punt of the game. It gets blocked, taken back to the one-yard line, turns into a touchdown. Later on, you end up giving up another four points on his special teams penalties. But no matter what it was, David, it seemed like any time the special teams were on the field on Sunday, something bad was happening. And that's two weeks in a row where the special teams have given points to the other team and taken points away from their own offense. And going into this game, Daniel, we knew that the Miami Dolphins were firing on all cylinders, and that included special teams. They were making plays, they were scoring points with their special teams, and although they didn't score a touchdown on special teams, they they set up a touchdown on the very next play. It was a fumbled snap by the punter, and he kind of flipped the ball around, and, and he tried to get the ball away. It got blocked and set up the Miami Dolphins for a touchdown. But that wasn't the only thing that went wrong on special teams. He also had some bad penalties where you saw Quentin Meeks jump offsides. He had a bad decision by K.J. Hill to not go for a fair catch, which ended up 
having the ball get down inside the five-yard line. Then you just had some really, really bad punt coverage. I mean, they had some really good returns. They had three punt returns, good for 57 yards, an average of 19 yards per return, which is completely unacceptable. That is really, really bad job of setting your, your team up. You're giving the opponent some very good field position. That set them up three times in this football game. The special teams has been a huge problem for the Chargers. It it, it continues to put them in bad spots game after game after game. And you're going to have to start thinking about making some changes going forward, Daniel. Yeah, and of course, the guy who's going to take the most blame is George Stewart. And I think Rightfully so, because it just doesn't look like a well-coached unit. And for the Chargers to have all of these come after, you know, big defensive plays or whatever the case is, or just trying to change the field position, it just all went bad for the Chargers on Sunday. The Dolphins started six drives inside of Chargers territory. I mean, it was terrible all day long, and we've continued seeing penalties on the same type of plays. The Chargers committing penalties on PATs. They're doing false starts with their long snapper. That's two weeks in a row you've seen that penalty. We're seeing the same thing over and over again, and it's absolutely costing the Chargers game. It led directly to at least 11 points in this game alone, and that's, I mean, the Chargers end up losing by eight points, but Justin Herbert also picked a bad week to have his worst star of the season because the Chargers really needed him. And he had some good plays here and there, but he was going up against a very good defense. And it looked like it. It looked like a rookie going up against a good defense. He still had three touchdowns, but it was still probably his worst start so far of the season, David. And of course, it's when he's going up against another high profile rookie. Yeah, the one game you see Justin Herbert struggle in, he's going up against a guy who he's going to be compared against probably for the next 10 to 15 years or however long these guys are in the league. And, you know, the first time since week two, Justin Herbert has less than 200 yards passing. This was the first time we really thought that, okay, this is a rookie quarterback out here. Every other performance just looked like a guy that has been in the league for many years with a lot of poise and making great decisions under pressure. But in this one, the Miami Dolphins sent pressure consistently, and it did seem to affect Justin Herbert in this one. He goes 20 for 32, only 187 yards, two touchdowns through the air, one on the ground, and has a very bad QBR of 43.3 with a quarterback reading of 86.3 he did throw an interception in this one too and this one was a really bad decision he just didn't see the corner when he made the throw and it almost gets taken back to the house for a touchdown and also he didn't get very much help from his wide receivers either they were get they were getting locked down pretty much all day long they did not have a single receiver with more than five receptions or 39 yards receiving and they also didn't really take any deep shots it just seemed like daniel he's mi- missing some open throws throws that he had not missed in previous games this for sure was justin herbert's worst game as a professional And I don't think it's time for any Chargers fans to be worried. And from the consensus that I saw on social media, I don't think that they are. But the interception was bad. I mean, we said all week long last week on the show, you can't get yourselves in third and long situations against a team that likes to blitz as heavily as the Dolphins do. And the longest play of their game was 28 yards. So the Dolphins took away the explosive plays that helped them against very blitz-heavy teams like Tampa Bay earlier on in the season. And it got to Justin Herbert a little bit. You saw it early on in a third down play to Keenan Allen. He was wide open. 
Herbert didn't trust the line. He really didn't have any immediate pressure, but he didn't set his feet. He rushed the throw. And we ended up seeing at the end of the game him missing Mike Williams about as wide open as he could be when he was rolling out to the left late in the game when the Chargers were trying to come back. So he definitely missed some uncharacteristic throws for him. He has missed some easy passes this year, but it was definitely worse on Sunday. So I think the Chargers are fine at quarterback. I think he needs a lot more support as a rookie, as most rookies do. But the Chargers, with these last seven games that they have for the season, really need to figure out who is going to be sticking around going forward. But we do have two more segments to get into because we do have to get into our game recap, getting into the first half where the Chargers do find a way to get a touchdown but are outclassed in all ways by the Miami Dolphins before getting into the second half where the Chargers kept trying to get back in the game and just really couldn't pull it off at the end. And we're going to get into that coming up right after this. All right, guys, well, it's time to get into the game recap. And this one's going to be a little bit different this week because there is no wild succession at the end of the game to get into but the Chargers did struggle early on in this game and it was really just going to be more of the same in the second half but they set the tone early as far as them making mistakes and things like that but only one person on the show actually was at the actual game in Miami and that was a John Kegley who got to see this disappointment up close and personal but I mean we had a lot of questions about what a game what going to a game would even look like given you know the coronavirus and this pandemic. So, John, you flew all the way across the country. You went to Hard Rock Stadium. What was it like going to an NFL game in 2020? Um, it was like going to a college uh, practice, basically, a fan fest. Basically, I've been to a uh, San Diego State fan fest, and it kind of looked like that. But at the same time, I have some photos that I'll post later on my Twitter feed if anybody wants to see them. But it looked like the seats were in a pattern basically it looked like rows of fans like here's a like there's a fan and then a seat between them like right by their feet and then another fan and then you skip a few rows of seats and it's the same thing again it looks like columns of people like they had that organized pretty well and all these rules and signs everywhere about wearing a mask there's even the security guards had this little like stop sign looking thing that they'd usually use for like baseball games and stuff to say stop until like the any to the bats at bat is over basically oh, yeah. so you don't walk in front of people but it just said wear your mask at all times and they'd have to walk, constantly walk up to people and tell them to put it on the people in front of me were some punk college kids who kept taking it off and they were getting the security was just not having it with them it was amazing that people were take an opportunity to go to a game and try to ruin it and make it hard for everybody else to go to a game. It, it was still loud, though. Surprisingly, it was still loud. I sent you guys some videos of the crowd noise in there. They, they were still really loud in that stadium. Did they sell beer there? Yes, they did sell beer there. They were selling all the liquor. The airplane didn't sell liquor. I'm kind of mad I didn't have a Jack Daniels to drown out the three-hour double flight, basically. But they sold a lot of beer, plenty of beer. That like those two punk kids in the front of me, I drank a lot of beer, and they were a lot of trouble in the second half after having like five beers each. Yeah, I was just wondering because I heard that they weren't doing it for the college football games. But either way, at least you know people if there were Charger fans there could you know, drown their sorrows if they had to. But the sorrow started very early for the Chargers in this game because even after last week, we saw the Chargers give up points because of the special teams that didn't stop in this one. Ty Long on the first punt of the game after Justin Herbert takes the 13-yard sack and the Chargers' first drive is totally derailed. 
He ends up getting his punt blocked because he bobbled the snap. Not a terrible snap by Cole Mazza. I mean, probably a little bit low, but no excuses there. They have another punt blocked, I think, for the second time in four weeks. And it leads to a one-yard touchdown because they ended up recovering it on the one-yard line to make it 7-0. to zero. So just like that, special teams already compromising the Chargers. And then after that, the Chargers have a chance to go down and answer after their disastrous first drive. They go eight plays, 48 yards, and they have to punt. And that, David, is where we really saw the pressure getting to Justin Herbert because on a third down play, a play we've seen him make a thousand times, they bring the blitz. He has Keenan Allen one-on-one, and then he just airmails the throw to him. Really looked like he was feeling pressure that wasn't necessarily there. He didn't set his feet on the throw. And then Anthony Lynn, once again, going conservative. You're on the other side of the field. You're going up against a good defense, but it's a fourth and five. It's not like a fourth and 15 or anything like that. Or It's a fourth and three, actually. Anthony Lynn decides to punt it. There, So, I mean, that was the first time that it looked like, you know, Justin Herbert, we've seen him struggle early on in games, but the pressure looked to be getting to him. Well, and it was still really early in that game. So it kind of felt like to me that the pressure got to him when he was watching the tape before this game even started with that one, because they hadn't really got to like that close to him yet. But I mean, they sacked him for 13 yards the drive before that. Right, yeah. I mean, it just, like I said, I mean, we've seen him perform so well under pressure and make the right decisions so many times, but this one he definitely felt like pressure that wasn't there, didn't set his feet, didn't make a strong throw, and that was one of the few times that we've seen him do do it like that because, like I said before, he's usually very good under pressure, but this one was not a good rep for Justin Herbert. He just missed Keenan Allen, and the play was there. It just It just didn't happen. Yeah, it wasn't a bad play call, but I definitely would have at least considered going forward there, especially after he spot the other team a touchdown that easily early on. And I'm guessing the analytics would tell you to go for it there as well, especially since you're on the Miami 45-yard line. But the special teams ended up striking again after that. The Dolphins ended up going 13 plays, 88 yards, and a touchdown to make it 14-0. But it doesn't happen, John, unless... The Chargers have another special teams penalty, and this time it's Quentin Meeks just brought up from the practice squad. Not that you should really have to be on the team very long to know not to jump off sides, but of course, this time they had a field goal. It was going to be 10-0. He jumps offside, and then on third and goal, Jakeem Grant ends up finding a soft spot in the zone, people covering grass, and they get a touchdown, but... Just like that, I mean, you can point to 11 points right there given up by the special teams, and it was still the first quarter. Yeah, the special teams had no positive effect at all in that first quarter. Mostly, most of those points are the, the special teams. It's, I mean, you could kind of say it's uh, the defense as well because they were just getting eaten alive, but at the same time, what are you going to do when you don't have a good field or what are you going to do when you actually make a stop and the defense gives them a first down? It's heartbreaking, but I want to know this. How do you jump off sides on a field goal? Like, there's no cadence or anything like that. It's basically just look at the ball and shoot off as fast as you can. How, how does that happen? That's good. That's really bad coaching. That's horrible coaching by George Stewart. It, it, defensive, you can understand a little bit. Sometimes the cadence gets you, whatever, but there's no cadence for a field goal. It's the ball's height, you take off. Bad coaching all around, but... That play to Devontae Parker that got overturned, though, Casey Hayward getting targeted again a lot in this game. And with if it wasn't for 
Parker's butt touching just like a tenth of a second before his calf does, that's another touchdown on Casey Hayward. Yeah, and it looked like it would have been too, but it doesn't end up mattering. But for the special teams, I mean, it's just crazy. If George Stewart still has a job after this week, after these two performances, I mean, it, you can just basically chalk the Chargers up for just you know letting this season go. I mean, it doesn't. At least if you make changes, it seems like you're still fighting for it. But if we don't see anything after this week, after this specific special teams performance, it doesn't matter who's out there. It has to be better than what they got. And then on the Chargers' third drive, they still can't find a way to scratch the scoreboard. They end up going three and out, and they have to punt. And then on third and nine or third and twelve, Jalen Guyton gets nine yards. It actually wasn't a very bad desi- designed play. Jalen Guyton got it in space and just wasn't able to outrun the defender to the first down. But either way, you could tell that the Chargers were not trying to let Justin Herbert throw the ball downfield and they have to punt again. And the Dolphins would have scored even more points in the first half, but they end up fumbling on their next drive. A bad snap ends up on the ground and ends up in the hands of Nick Vigil, who returns it 44 yards to the Dolphins' 37-yard line. And that was one of the moments where it felt like if they had a chance To get back in this game, it would be right there, capitalizing on a turnover, turning it into a touchdown, and just like that, you're only down by one score, and that's what they end up doing, David. They end up basically running the ball every single play. They ran it 10 out of the 11 plays on the drive. They go two fourth and ones on the drive, the last being Justin Herbert on fourth and goal from the one-yard line, getting a quarterback sneak for a touchdown. It wasn't super efficient running on the drive, but... They got what they needed to do, and we finally saw the quarterback sneak. When you're on the one-yard line, you're that close in, you know, let your six foot six quarterback get in there, and he ended up getting in easily. And at that point, it felt like the Chargers would have a chance to get back in the game. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a pretty drive, wasn't sexy, but hey, they ran the football and got them all the way down in position to score, and that play call was great because everyone on the defensive side had absolutely no idea that the Chargers were going to run a quarterback sneak. I mean, they literally had no idea. Justin Herbert pretty much walked into the end zone untouched on that play, so that was a great play call by Shane Steichen. And, uh, you know, hey, the Chargers ran the ball effectively, and they, like I said, put themselves in a position to score, and they and they capitalized getting a score after a turnover. That is what winning football looks like. Unfortunately, we just haven't seen it a whole lot this year. Yeah, and it wasn't necessarily – I mean, this was one of the drives where it did seem like they were kind of forcing it a little bit. I mean, it would have been nice to see maybe Justin Herbert throw it on a couple of those first downs, trying to get him into a rhythm – Uh, But, I mean, they ran the ball, they were getting first downs on the ground, and they end up scoring a touchdown there to cut it to a seven-point lead. And the defense on the next drive gets a three and out. And K.J. Hill with the next special teams gaffe of the day lets the ball bounce around like the 25 to 30-yard line. It goes all the way inside of the five-yard line down to the four-yard line. And that's just another one. It's like if he's well-coached, he catches that ball, he attempts – to catch that ball, and the Chargers get a much better field position. Instead, the Chargers end up getting one first down but have to punt instead of going on a nice two-minute offense drive to get more points on the board and potentially tie the game. They end up punting it, and they have a 20-yard punt return by Jakeem Grant, another one, his longest of the day, after a Cole Mazza false start. So another Cole Mazza false start for the second week in a row. More special teams gaps, a special teams penalty, and a bad return given up by the Chargers coverage team. I mean, just all bad, and it ends up letting the Dolphins get an easy field goal 
to go into halftime 17 to 7. So special teams was the early focus of this game as far as what went wrong for the Chargers. But they would put together a nice drive to start the second half and get back into this game. And we're going to get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that Built Bar is the best protein bar on the planet. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And the new and improved Built Bars are better than ever with 18 amazing flavors. My favorites are peanut butter, banana bread, and also peanut butter brownie. And all the bars are 100% covered in chocolate and soft and easy to chew. For me, if I'm having a protein bar, I need it to be healthy. But more importantly, I need it to taste great. And you're not going to get that chalky aftertaste with these built bars. They are the best protein bar you're going to get. And they're great for the health conscious guy, as well as great for those on the keto diet as well. But we also have a special offer for our listeners. If you guys go to BuiltBar.com, you can use the promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, one word, for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, well, it's time to get into the second half recap. And the Chargers would briefly get back into this game before letting just a couple of plays go later on that would end up sealing the deal for them. But the defense came out strong in the second half. They forced the Dolphins to a three and out on the first drive. And just like that, even though the Chargers probably should have been down by 21 in the first half, they have a chance to go cut the score to three points. And they do that. They go 11 plays, 68 yards, and get a touchdown. They started the drive with two passing plays for 24 yards. I did like that. But then they ran the ball uh, seven out of the next eight plays, finishing things with a first and goal play action for a two-yard touchdown to make it 17-14. to 14. And at that point, John, the Chargers almost had gotten away with how badly they had played. I mean, as badly as they had played all game long, this was a chance. They cut it to three points. They were right back in the game, and you could almost forget about everything that happened in the first half because you're right back in the game. It wouldn't end up going that way, but... On this drive, they did run the ball well. And the other thing I liked is after you were kind of running the ball down your throat, you get to first and goal. You do the play action we've been calling for all season long, and it turns into an easy Hunter Henry touchdown. Yes, the play action was amazing. And you had multiple options on that play as well. There was different options Herbert could have gone to on that play just because you actually took what you've been dominating with, the run, and used it against the Dolphins' defense. You had Hunter Henry in the back. Justin Herbert could have ran. There's also a guy in the flats. You had so many options of what you could do with that play because you set it up. And the the Dolphins' drive before that, you could just see the difference. Like Guys were covering Dolphins' wide receivers. They were on their hips. You, you felt like they yeah, were turning Michael a Davis in the second Michael Davis gets a nice half. pass deflection. Yeah, you look like you look like they were turning a corner in the second half. Like, okay, maybe we finally made some adjustments. Then the Chargers get a drive, and they're moving down the field, running the ball, completing some passes in the flats to like Gabe Neighbors, moving down the field, play action, touchdown to Henry. Like, okay, we turned a corner. Maybe this will be a ball game now. And then Chargers defense turns back into themselves on the next drive. And it didn't have to be that way. That's the worst part about it because. On the next drive, the Dolphins do go down to get the points. They end up getting a field goal, but they shouldn't even have gotten that, David, because Kenneth Murray has an interception go right through his hands. Earlier on in the game, Denzel Perryman had a chance on a ball that was tipped to a throw into a tight window. Denzel Perryman couldn't come down with the tip ball. And now here, 
with the Chargers, you know, actually with some momentum and a chance to really kind of take the momentum with a turnover here. Kenneth Murray has it go right through his hands. Of course, it turns into like a 20-yard gain for the tight end. And it's just plays like that, David, even in a game that felt like a blowout, feels like it could have changed things. I mean, for Denzel Perriman, I got to give him credit. He actually looked pretty good in this game. He had a couple a tackle for loss that he looked really good on, was very decisive. I thought, you know, this was one of his better games of the season. But, yeah, that one hurts. And I know for Kenneth Murray, he's going to be having nightmares about that one. He's going to wake up in the middle of the night in cold sweats thinking how did he possibly let that ball go through his hands because it literally went straight through his hands and into the tight ends. And, like, that one just had to hurt. I mean, I don't know how you even move forward after that. That that one was so tough. I mean, you don't get many better opportunities to pick a ball off than that one. I mean, that one literally was put in between his hands, and he just couldn't hold on to it. So that one, yeah, like, like I said, that one's going to be rough for Kenneth Murray. It is. And for the Chargers, it was just another chance to really steal the momentum and maybe, you know, put together some successes on top of each other to go even get the lead in this game. And of course, it ends up turning in to three points the other way because they aren't able to come up with it. And that at that point, the Dolphins led 20 to 14. And of course, as mistakes usually do with the Chargers, it's compa- it's compounded by another mistake. And that is an interception on the next drive for Justin Herbert. And the thing that bothered me about this, John, like obviously it was a bad throw. He threw in anticipation that Mike Williams was going to get to a spot in front of the corner, I'm guessing. But Mike Williams isn't able to get there. Xavier Howard gets an easy pick. He's one of the lead leaders in interceptions. And the Chargers did it to themselves, though, because Herbert tried to do too much, primarily because they got him put into a third and long situation and he tried to make an ill-advised throw under pressure. And that's one of the things we were worried about them putting him in these situations where you're going to let the Dolphins obviously rush the passer and blitz and do everything that they want up front. All the confusing things you can get away with on third and long. And it happened right there and it turns into a pick that goes the other way and turns into points on the other end for the Dolphins. And there was nowhere for him to go at all either. All Everybody was covered and the pocket was slowly collapsing against him. He had some time to look and throw and find a guy, but everyone was covered. This predictable play calling by the Chargers offense, really. The Dolphins knew where everyone's routes were going to be and shut it all down. Herbert should have just thrown it at someone's feet or something. It just gave the defense a chance, but he did what we got on Phillip Rivers a lot for, which was playing hero ball. But in this case, I think this is more of just a rookie just trying to do something for his team. He wanted to, he was trying to make the play happen. They, they needed a play to happen. This was your chance to take the lead after trailing the whole game. This is the drive to take the lead, and he tried to make a play. But in the, in the end, you hurt your defense because you give him a short field to defend, and which is what they've had all game because of the special team. Yeah, and the defense didn't play well in this game. I mean, even – the Dolphins' weak running game was bullying the Chargers' defense at times, but they were not helped at all by their offense or by the special teams unit for them. So, I mean, that definitely hurt the Chargers' defense in this one because they did get off the field a couple of times, you know, when bad things happen with special teams or the offense does something like this and has it returned down to the Chargers' 32-yard line. And after that, the Dolphins end up getting a touchdown. They end up taking advantage. They're not able to get the two-point conversion, but... On third and goal, the Dolphins totally fool Gus Bradley's defense 
and they do a hard play action to the left side. They end up throwing it back to the right side to a wide open tight end with nobody even in the vicinity to make it 26 to 14. And then the Chargers trying to answer back on the next drive. They end up going three plays, negative seven yards and have to punt. And the negative seven yards because Trey Turner, who was in and out of this game with injuries of his own, ends up getting an unnecessary roughness penalty after what might have been a miraculous catch by Jalen Guyton. Uh, I mean, he, he actually might have caught that ball. They ended up not, it wouldn't have mattered anyways because of the penalty afterwards, but that's neither here nor there. The Dolphins would end up bailing them out a little bit because they end up missing a field goal. Jason Sanders breaks a really long streak of not missing any field goals. And the Chargers once again get the ball back with a chance to come back and at least make the game interesting. And what happens is they go four plays. They end up turning the ball over on Downs, David. On third and five, Justin Herbert's throwing a pass to Hunter Henry for four yards. And I don't necessarily love that running, you know, four-yard routes uh, on third and five. And then on fourth and one, the pressure gets in Justin Herbert's face. He has an open receiver, and it's incomplete because the ball gets batted down. And the Chargers, even as we're saying this, I mean, down the entire game, they still had a chance here. And this was just another play where the pressure got in and Justin Herbert really couldn't do anything. No, he couldn't. I mean, and at that point, it was just you wanted to see the Chargers make this one respectable. It just felt like they were getting dominated in all three phases of the game, and this was just another example of them not being able to put anything together. They they tried. They won, they, <clears throat> they attempted to make this thing a little bit closer, but you know the, the score was only an eight-point difference, Daniel, but the, the Chargers definitely lost this one big time. This was more of a blowout than a close game. It was, and there were still some pretty important plays down the stretch because even after the Dolphins end up getting a field goal because of the good field position set up by the Chargers turning the ball over on downs, the Chargers do come back after that. They go eight plays, 69 yards, take two minutes and two seconds off the clock to cut it to 29 to 21. But before that, when the Dolphins ended up kicking that field goal, there was a crucial play because on third and seven, the Dolphins run right up the middle for 17 yards. The Chargers at that point still had all three of their timeouts. There was almost five minutes left in the game. Instead, you give up that first down on the ground when you know they're trying to run clock. And that play was super soft and cost the Chargers maybe a possession in this game. So that was a big play. And then right before Keenan Allen ends up scoring on a 13-yard touchdown where he absolutely roasts Xavier Howard in man-to-man coverage on a big-time blitz and after Justin Herbert Misses a throw. I mean, he makes a great throw backpedaling to Keenan Allen, and he gets in for the touchdown. But the play before that, Mike Williams on a rollout to the left. Justin Herbert just absolutely airmails a throw to Mike Williams. I mean, not even a jumping chance at it. And it was just a really bad throw by Herbert. But there would have been two minutes and two seconds left on the clock had they completed the touchdown there. If you end up, you know, going for the onside kick after that, there's you still get a stoppage at the two-minute warning. You would have still maybe had a few seconds left, or you would have at least gotten the ball back in the end. But John ends up with an onside kick attempt failing. But like I'm saying, I mean, even in those moments, there's a couple of ways here and there the Chargers could have had a chance to at least get maybe an extra possession out of it. But the one that hurts the most is the third and seven run up the middle where you just are soft and give up 17 yards. Yes, that one hurts a lot. It's because it was a run play. If it was a pass play and they got it, it's like, okay, well, you were trying to play the run. because you, you sold out the run, yeah. You would, you would expect them to try to pick up the first – or you would expect them to run to try to keep the clock running. Even if they don't get it, hey, maybe they kick a field goal. You know, They run down the clock, whatever. 
But since you know the running clock and they still run it up the gut for that many yards, that's just a giant blow. You know it's coming and you still can't stop it. It's what we've been saying a lot on the podcast. And that has to go with the running game period this year. Whenever we know that they're going to run, and they still do it. The Raiders did it. The Dolphins were doing it with less talent at the running back position than the Raiders. It's pretty bad, especially when Malcolm Perry in this game made like all your guys juke. When Malcolm Perry made all your guys miss behind the line with all these jukes and still get six yards, it, the tackling was just absolutely horrible in this game. The, the desire to play really by the defense was really bad. It's like as if the players are kind of not even trying anymore with Anthony Lynn. I mean, it has to be put to at least the question. It's one of those things that's impossible to completely gauge. But before this, we had seen the Chargers at least come out and be confident and look like they should win all of these games. This was the first game it didn't really feel like the Chargers ever had a chance in. I mean, even though it's an eight-point game, it goes down as a one-score game. It felt like a blowout the entire game. And Justin perform- and Justin Herbert has his first bad game of the season. The special teams continues to be bad. We'll see what happens tomorrow when we're back here with what went right and what went wrong from this game. And we'll see, you know, who the coaches are tomorrow. But if we if it's anything like we've seen so far this season, the status quo will continue. And Chargers players and I'm sure Chargers fans and I'm sure some Chargers players will be questioning this team's, you know, belief in itself and willingness to actually try to win games going down the stretch but that is going to do it for today's show we'll be back with you guys tomorrow getting into what went right and what went wrong and the latest news for the chargers but until then make sure to follow us on twitter at locked on lac and to like the facebook page locked on chargers as well as subscribing to us whether it's on apple Podcasts or spotify that's always the fastest and easiest way to get the show and you can find all of the locked on podcast network on there and try to find out whatever you're trying to listen to they have something for you but if you guys want to get your voicemails in and you have any questions this week the number is 323-524-7924 try to keep them short so we can get to those questions and get to as many of those as we can but we'll be back with you guys tomorrow until then take it easy and go bolts